Money Radio, discussing the business of making and spending money. Hello, you're welcome to today's edition of Money Radio on Leadership Podcast. Money Radio brings you the latest developments in business and economic cycles of Nigeria and issues of businesses around the world. My name is Innocent Odo. And today we are going to look at a very critical sector, the agribusiness sector of the money radio. And we're talking about uh, how to tackle the uh, looming uh, scarcity of bread following the rise uh, in the price of wheat in the international market, which definitely is going to affect the production of bread and other confectionery and the floor-related food items in the country. And the war in Ukraine, uh, this uh, development is as a result of the war in Ukraine. I uh, recall that Nigeria uh, depends on uh, importation of uh, wheat, that particular raw material needed for the production of bread and other uh, essential food items uh, that Nigerians consume a lot uh, these days. Now, I'm, I'm not alone in the studio. I am here with some professional colleagues uh, with whom we're going to do justice to this very important topic. I'm here with uh, Paul Wadima. Paul, welcome to the program. Thank you for having me. Also here with us is Kes. Come on, Kes, you're welcome. Now, let me begin with you, Kes. The crisis in one country is already spreading its uh, ripple effect on other parts of the world. Nigeria has already been, you know, is uh, uh, becoming a, a victim, if you like, of the crisis in Ukraine. Uh, because we all depend on importation of wheat, that product that is used in, uh, in the manufacture of uh, making bread and other items that Nigeria does not consume so much. Now, we are, it's estimated that uh, there's uh, a 68% uh, increase in the price of wheat in the international markets. And this has actually started affecting uh, the way uh, we do our own business. So, looking at it in this perspective, the crisis of international uh, in one country is having a ripple effect on others. Okay. Yeah, uh, and because, like we usually say in uh, popular balance, the world is a global village. And uh, if I might, might add, it's a global economic village. You know, just like we see, there is nothing in the world right now that you can see made in Nigeria, made in China made in Korea, you can just say made in the world, because every component, including the phones that you and I use, the design may be in uh, Taiwan, like the design of this phone I'm using is in Taiwan, maybe uh, coupled in uh, China, and then uh, other countries actually have their input, that is by the way. So having a, a global economic village, what affects one country in the far east, everywhere, affects another country in the far west. Now, we've been talking about wheat. Wheat is a global product because uh, bread is a global staple. I can imagine we're talking about the price of wheat in uh, Nigeria or the price of bread, but I can assure you people in the Middle East who depend on bread and importation of wheat, like in Egypt and uh, Lebanon, they are going to be affected most by this. And of course, uh, we see some governments are uh, beginning to remove the subsidy on uh, bread or wheat. Back to our discussion. 
the price of wheat has been going up recently. You mentioned 68 percent. That was uh, maybe last yeah, week. Yeah, last yeah. week, as of today, Tuesday, the price of wheat has actually gone up by almost 90 percent. Yes, because as of last night, based on National Economic Report, uh, the big food data report, the price of wheat had gone up by close to $600, just between February 24 and uh, March 8. Yes, it had gone up. And of course, wheat is a major constituent of flour. And we use flour to eat and to make bread. Yes. And that includes cake and all of that. So it's beginning to have a ripple effect. Very soon, you and I may not be able to afford the price of bread. I went God, to. I will say God forbid. <laughs> God forbid. <laughs> I went to the supermarket the other day uh, to buy wheat bread. This is something I have been buying for around five, six hundred naira. And when I went, it was just uh, Friday night. It had gone up to one thousand two. Yes, that's how much it has realized, close to 100% increase. So the problem in Ukraine with Russia, and of course Ukraine is a major producer of wheat, the same with Russia, which are major contributors of 20% of the wheat. 24%. Yes, between the two of them. So if you have 24% of the world's supply of wheat being stored somewhere, the ports in Ukraine are not working. They have to export it now. And the fact that you can't have bombings over their heads, and then you see the same people going to the farm to... People are already evacuating They are already evacuating the cities. So that is causing problems. And then people are avoiding goods from Russia. They are imposing sanctions on them. So that 24% supply, world supply, is actually going to be stuck there. That creates a serious deficit for wheat consumption around the world. And if that is done, mm. of course, uh, you can imagine that the price of bread is going to go up uh, astronomically. And that means uh, people like uh, you and I right. who yeah. love bread, <laughs> we are going to have we will be being regretted to panic change. Maybe we'll be eating Santana uh, Fufu in the morning. In the morning. <laughs> <laughs> Let me turn it over to Paul. Uh, Paul, it's not, it's not going to be a very uh, good time for Nigerians. Uh, we're already suffering serious hardship, uh, you know, facing other issues like uh, forest scarcity, which of course, when it comes, you know, it comes with some also very ugly ripple effects. Now we are facing another challenge. The staple food that we all eat so much, bread, is definitely going to go up in its price. Now, wheat, because of the crisis in Ukraine, uh, there's a disruption in the production of these very important products. We are not going to have it easy. Do we really have uh, anything to do now? Because um, I understand that our own local production of wheat is uh, approximately 2%. So we're not uh, getting our needs. The local production is not up to what we need for the production of bread and all that. So where do we go from here? First of all, we have to look at where, where, do we, where do we get to this place? Where are we coming from? Because where we are coming from, if we understand it, we'll be able to appreciate the impact this war in Ukraine and Russia has on this country. 
it's going to be even beyond weight. This is because if you look at some of the ripple effects of this war, the price of oil is all over $100. Yes. Because Russia is probably one of the world's largest producers of oil and supplier. Second, the group. And Saudi Arabia is not ready to yield to American pressure to ease production. Yes. So things are going to get worse. As an oil producing nation, it ought to have been a good thing for Nigeria. Mm. But we are like the the cassava farmer that used to buy the tariff from outside. That's what we are in Nigeria. So we are spending we're going to spend a whole lot of money importing poor, thereby skyrocketing our subsidy regime. Now back to the so you can see that it's, there's no way we are going to benefit from this war going on. Because ordinarily as an oil producing nation, it's an opportunity for us to beef up our foreign reserve. Yes. It is not likely to be like that. We did in 1973 yes. and uh, 1991 oil withdrawal. Yes. Because we cut our nose to split our face. Now, let us look at the wheat we are talking about. Much of the wheat that Nigeria uses come from uh, uh, that, that, that area. We, we import 7% of our wheat come from Russia. It's only about 4% that come from uh, Ukraine or thereabouts. Uh, but they are the major suppliers to this country. Now, there's disruption. It's, it, it doesn't take rocket science to know that everything that is produced in Nigeria that is related to which is going to go up. And we don't know how long it's going to last because the Russian government is not yielding ground on its final takes over Ukraine. Yeah, so we have to brace ourselves that it's going to take a long time for things to get better in this aspect of wheat. Now, what do we do? How do we increase wheat productivity in Nigeria? Because we are important about wow, four point something million tons, metric tons a year, but we are producing only 200,000. So what we are producing is nothing to write home about. It's barely like 2% of, of our for us to be able to be self-sufficient, we need to increase productivity. But increasing productivity, we are not helped by the weather and climate. Because our environment, our climate is not conducive for wheat growing. That is why if you look at the window in wheat growing in Nigeria, it is between November, December, especially in part of the north. Because wheat require cold weather to grow. So it is between December, November, December. Of course, we have also had the issue of uh, 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 rain feed uh, wheat, which we do between October and April. Even that is not enough because of some other problems in the sector to be able to generate enough for the country. So we have a serious problem of climate issue. But that aside, government has also not been paying good attention to the wheat growing in the country. So these are some of the challenges we are facing and which we are not going to, to be able to solve in the short run. Yes. 
Are you getting it? Uh, so it means we are condemned to import unless we decide to stop eating things that are made with wheat. That is the truth. How do we do it? How do we encourage more people to go into wheat production despite the limitations of weather that we had in growing this crop? There are states in Nigeria, especially in the Northeast and Northwest, where wheat growing has been very uh, effective yes. to a limited extent. And then they have been, they have been able to, to produce these 200,000 metric tons we are having in the country annually. Uh, but, if, but if you look at our weather, uh, our climate, it's not much different from uh, what they have in Israel. Israel with this small population is, is also doing a lot to be able to grow wheat. Yes, yes. So we can also be, learn how we can adapt our weather and climate to suit wheat growing in the country. Mm. Because why do we have so many the faculties of agriculture, research institutes, when we have issues like a very important seed like uh, wheat, and we cannot be able to generate the the type that can be able to sustain our weather, be able to survive in our weather. Mm. I think we can do something about it through research. Definitely. I think uh, uh, you have just uh, hit the nail on the head that um, these desperate times actually require desperate measures for the survival of the nation uh, in this time of trouble. Uh, Kes, I turn it over to you once again. Now, what do you think, uh, like Paul has said about drawing from the Israeli example, Yes, we may not have the favorable weather to produce um, uh, this uh, particular uh, product, but then at least uh, now that the reality is done on us, we don't have any other alternative. If we want our people to continue to have uh, bread and abundance, then something has to be done in the, in the short term to ensure that we cushion the effect of this uh, very setback or deficit that we're having. But uh, we're going to continue with the program uh, when we come from this short break. Don't go away. Money Radio, discussing the business of making and spending money. Welcome back. If you're just joining us, uh, we're talking about uh, uh, tackling the, the looming scarcity of bread following the rise in the price of wheat due to the ongoing war in Ukraine. I've been in the studio with... Uh, Paul Wadima and uh, Kes Hammond. Uh, before we went on that short break, we we're talking about uh, alternative measures, Kes, on uh, what we must do right now to ensure that we cushion the effect of this deficit that we're going to have in the importation of this very important product that Nigerians use in manufacturing bread and other, you know, food-related items. So uh, Paul has mentioned the issue of uh, copying the Israeli example. I'm not uh, uh, entirely sure that whether these Israelis have a uh, self-sufficiency in the production of wheat, but I'm, think, I'm thinking that at least the local consumption uh, that they meet, they are able to meet uh, some part of that local con- consumption where they also augment with uh, in some uh, a little level of importation. So, but Nigeria that is almost entirely dependent on importation of wheat. Now, the grim real- reality is that there's going to be a shortfall in the in, in this product, and uh, we need to also brace up. How do we begin to do that? You mentioned that is it policies, coordination, programs, is it uh, research, documentation. So, what is how can we really articulate our own position on this? Interestingly, this uh, 
supply shock. Yes, this supply shock, uh, the looming supply shock. We have a shock, but it's going to get worse. So that's why it's the word looming. It's going to, um, it's going to, uh, it's going to get worse. But it's a blessing in disguise, in my opinion. You know, the story of supply and demand plays in uh, the situation. Once we begin to feel that, or we begin to see that, that supply is actually stalled and the demand increases, it becomes more profitable to grow wheat than the, the local farmers. It may not have been, uh, the, the, the motivation may not have been there before now because of the price. And of course, we had this uh, competition from uh, foreign countries. Of course, they produce wheat at a lower cost. Yes. But uh, with this situation now, you can see that the demand will increase. And when that demand increases, we are going to have people who say, ah, yeah, there's money in producing wheat. And they are going to invest in the production of wheat. So we may become self sufficient, if not at least to some extent, the percentage of sufficiency. Yeah get to that level it's going to be a long-term thing but that shock that supply shock is going to jolt farmers and this is an area we can invest in and uh, improve our yield and, uh, or improve our production and that will be the solution to nigeria's wheat deficit having said that i was in interview with a research a federal government research institution sometime late last night, last, last year. And uh, we were talking about this very issue too. We were talking about how to produce genetically modified wheat because, as uh, Mr. Paul mentioned, Nigeria, because of the weather, is not a wheat growing uh, country. But with uh, genetic modification, it's very possible that we can have a huge yield. We express confidence uh, in that uh, move that the country will begin to have huge yield once the go ahead of being given to produce uh, genetically modified wheat. And then uh, he said it was in its advanced state. With that, if that federal government institution can come up with uh, good seeds, which is an uh, investing that, that where the issue of weather or climate maybe in care of or maybe taking uh, uh, taking care of if that happens and we begin to see good yield that means this situation is a blessing in disguise and uh, it's something we can care about like they say although i don't agree 100 percent that necessity is the mother of uh, invention mm -hmm. i don't agree with that 100 percent because uh, <laughs> many things can be the mother of invention all right necessity actually uh, should be the mother of invention in our case. Uh, Paul, um, haven't you seen people out of love invent something? Yeah, but that love is also a necessity. Out of competition, uh, also, everything necessity is uh, <laughs> is one broad word that you can actually you know uh, interpret in so many ways. You know, we'll uh, discuss that after this. <laughs> <laughs> Paul, now we have 
like I said before, faced with grim realities. You talk about taking advantage of a, a situation that um, uh, a situation of war going on in Ukraine. Now, nations of the world, for instance, uh, who are ready with the uh, oil infrastructure, that's uh, petroleum, uh, well-organized oil infrastructure, are already taking advantage of the, the hike in the international uh, market for the uh, oil price that is going up. But then, the usual sloppy ways that Nigeria do their things, we cannot even take advantage of this. Now, the issue of uh, wheat came up all of a sudden and it was like a thunderbolt. Do we really have the fundamentals to be able to say, okay, like case has said, let us reorganize our sector, sector refocus it, re-strategize, rebrand, whatever you can do to ensure that there's a focus on this particular product, that yes, there's an opportunity for more investment, more attention, more programs, policies, and initiatives that can drive the process with the focus on this. Do we have the fundamentals? Yes, we do. If we're only if we are ready to do the right thing. You know, earlier on I told you that the period of uh, going with in Nigeria is between November, December. Now, between that November, December, you know, that's the Hamatan period. And within that Hamatan period, there is uh, scarcity of rain. Okay? So the wheat farmers at that time need infrastructure, irrigation infrastructure. Therefore, within that window period of November, December, there is a need for synergy between the Federal Ministry of Water Resources, the Ministry of Agriculture, the state governments of uh, these uh, belts that grow wheat to ensure that there is adequate irrigation process for the wheat farmers. So that within that window period, the ones they have planted, the seedling can give us the highest yield ever that we could be able to get, given the our opportunity of weather and climate that we had at this period. Are you getting it? Yeah. So there is a need for improvement in irrigation infrastructure. So that at that window period, because within that November, December, if you supply enough water through irrigation, they need about 120 days and they will give you big, large quantity of harvest within those uh, three or four months. So that is the area that government can easily, we can do something about that because this is not like something like uh, maybe weather that we cannot control. We can control this. You know that Hamatan period, you, you plant the seedlings for, for wheat, you water it enough through irrigation, within four months, you harvest it. And already uh, there is a, an uh, arrangement between the Wheat, uh, uh, wheat Millers Association of Nigeria, all these big uh, floor millers, there's an arrangement between them and uh, uh, Wheat Farmers Association of Nigeria. Almost everything that comes out or that is harvested, there's market for it. So there's virtually no problem of uh, inability to sell what have been produced. So there's a there's a there's a market for it. There's a there's a, a synergy between the wheat millers association of Nigeria and uh, 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 wheat farmers. So that one is a given. So that area can be encouraged 
to help in the, I think sustaining the the, the, the the domestic market. Then we need to also pay more attention to to policies because right now Nigeria don't have any policy on wheat. The whole thing is left for the for the private sector. Although I know that uh, there is help that they used to get, I mean the wheat farmers from the Central Bank of Nigeria. But it, I don't think it has been able to solve the problem of uh, increasing the productivity of wheat in the country. It has not. So we need to look into that again. Maybe Central Bank need to do more in terms of supporting wheat farmers. And then we need good seedlings because seedling is a problem in Nigeria. Um, many of the farmers don't have access to modern uh, to seedlings, high yielding seedlings. Uh, wheat farmers have always have also complained about that. There's a need to do that, and uh, we have to look into the issue of uh, insecurity yeah. because insecurity has also been one of the major problems facing wheat farming in Nigeria. If you look at the wheat belt of Nigeria, that is where you have the highest level of insurgency and banditry. So this has also affected the safety of farmers to go ahead with, uh, with farming. So these issues need to be addressed. But yes, basically, indeed. I think that there's a technical issue to be solved, there's a policy issue, and there's a security issue. That yes, uh, we need to address all these things now, uh, moving forward. Um, some of the, uh, the, the the amount of money we spend with bringing and importing uh, wheat into the country, uh, of course, uh, you know, it runs into millions of dollars. It's about a billion, one point, one point four billion. One point four billion dollars. You can imagine how much if you convert one point four billion um, dollars into naira. You're talking about nearly. 600 billion naira, yeah. uh, which is a very huge, more than that, more than that huge, huge amount of money that we waste. Now that we are kind of uh, low income, uh, you know, economy is not doing too well, we cannot spend so much amount of money bringing in products that most likely, if policies like Paul have said, the fundamentals are right, we should be able to at least produce what our local need, and mm. of course, our local need. So that we don't depend entirely on the importation of these uh, products. He said the fundamentals are right. Uh, within the period that we can produce this, if there are right policies and programs in place, we can do that. So talking about reducing the impact of this whole uh, you know, crisis on Nigeria's dependence on wheat, what is your contribution to that? Yes, um, so Paul, uh, lay out uh, some very important points but um, you know uh, you talked about policy and uh, there needs to be policy continuation yes consistency uh, consistency and that brings me back to uh, an issue that was you know during the good Lord Jonathan era this which was the problem also the same with uh, the demand of uh, the demand of it was a problem and the good Lord Jonathan administration tried to push the idea of cassava bread, making flour out of cassava. Um, I haven't tasted it 
before. I, I don't know if I've tasted cassava bread, but it's something that that's worth exploring because uh, you know it, it, this may just be another opportunity that is uh, that the situation is presenting uh, to invest into the research and uh, production of uh, cassava flour for cassava bread. And uh, if that is done, then uh, there will be dependency. If this thing continues, it will persist for some time. And uh, of course, you may decide to eat fufu in the morning or eat rice in the morning. That is you. But your kids <laughs> may just, uh, Daddy, I need bread. I want to. Uh, let us not restrict this thing to bread. You know that wheat is used in making uh, things like spaghetti. Yes. And it's also it's a it's a it's a major stable in this country. Yeah. So you don't don't look at it basically as a bread thing. Yeah. This wheat is gonna affect the price of uh, spaghetti food we eat mm -hmm. in this country. So uh, that they just give us uh, an opportunity to diversify yeah, our palate needs. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and all these noodles you see, they are all products of food. Yeah. So that, that's that, that, when you talk about Nigeria's. Uh, Huge uh, wheat import bill is because of uh, these um, manufacturers. Mm. I, I understand what I'm saying. These uh, those who are into noodles, uh, spaghetti, and what have you. you see, that's why we are we, we, we spend so much in importing this thing. Besides those who use it for bread and the other things. So I that's why a substitute, huge opportunity in the short run is not easy, but. Uh, like you rightly pointed out, people can decide to make choices and leave certain things until times arrive for them. All right, uh, uh, you are still with us. We've been talking of uh, how to tackle the looming scarcity of bread and other uh, items that are related to wheat production or are related to wheat as a result of the uh, increase in the price of this important uh, product in the international market because of the ongoing war uh, between Russia and Ukraine. And uh, we've been talking about how to get alternative to, to, uh, to the local needs of wheat in this country. We we'll talked about also diversifying into cassava production, where we can get cassava flour and use it to make bread and other related food items that we consume a lot in this country. I've uh, been in the studio with uh, Paul Wadema. Paul, thank you so much for joining us. It's always a pleasure having you. Thank you. Thank you. Kesaman, uh, very professional. Thank you for joining us today. Uh, it is on that note that we draw the curtains on today's edition of our Morning Radio. I will promise to bring you a bumper edition when next we come. Goodbye and stay blessed. This program is brought to you by Leadership Podcast from the stable of Leadership Media Group. <laughs>